0: Welcome to Limited Time Only, the podcast for anyone who feels there aren't enough hours in their life. Limited Time Only is a mix of chat, comedy sketches
1: and interviews with interesting people. We hope that we will make you smile, laugh and feel a bit brighter
0: about the whole life, death and everything in between malarkey. Essentially we're dissecting the human condition, just using a rubber chicken rather than a scalpel. I'm Esther and I'm Susie and and this this is is Limited Limited Time Time Only. Only.
2: This week it's time for Nostalgia, the 90s edition, a.k.a. the olden days. Everybody get up, sing it. One, two, three, four.
0: I have been feeling very nostalgic very frequently
2: Mm. in the
0: last few years. And I don't know why, particularly, whether it's a combination of my age, um, that I'm at an age... I'm an age which I didn't imagine I would ever be. (laughs) You know, when you're 15, you don't really think you're going to be 40. Yeah. You think you're going to be 20, but probably 20 for about 50 years. (laughs) And I think when you're 30, you don't think you're going to be 40. No.
1: I've I've heard people podcasting and talking about... being sort of 34, 35, and talking yes. about 40, like it's the end of the road and yeah. it's a way away. And I'm like, girl, you're going to blink and you're going to be 40. <laughs>
0: yeah. So... And then you're going to feel really nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know. So partly that, and I think partly, partly the pandemic, um, mm. because I think so, I, I mean, obviously things are getting so much better. I mean, it it does feel largely like life is almost back to normal. You know, I just wear a mask quite a lot of places and I've not got a problem with that. Um, I think hopefully I'll get fewer colds throughout the year. But when we were really stuck and we had nothing of of our previous life seemed to be there anymore, I think that's when it's started. But I think age has a lot to do with it. Do you know,
1: my kids, particularly my daughter, is... Almost nostalgic. She wishes she'd lived through the 80s and the 90s. Mm. And... We watch things like The Vicar of Dibley, and they'll they'll say they really like it, and it's cosy, and yeah. um, and occasionally Only Fools and on Horses, and and she will often say, oh, I, I, and my son will say actually when they watch Stranger Things, I wish I'd lived in the eighties. It looked mm. really cool. No one had a phone. You just went out on your bike all day, and oh, I think yeah. there's that sort of simplicity that even though my daughter, my son doesn't use his phone that much, but they they sort of crave that freedom that probably we were the last generation to have really
0: yes our generation we were quite young when mobile phones started coming in yeah and we were late teens when people started to have mobile phones as a matter of course that's when they started coming in so we were the kind of last generation of young people to have gone through our youth without a mobile phone yeah because we, we we didn't. I don't think I knew... I didn't know anybody who had a phone, had a mobile phone when we were 18. I got one when I was 18, but I
1: never used it. I remember I remember my dad buying me one and I put my phone number up in the common room because I just <laughs> there was no need for me to ever use it. It was just so I could phone my dad because I had a car. I never used it. And I remember years later living with um, a house showing with this girl and her saying, well, you could just text them. And I said, what the hell's texting? <laughs> yeah. And um, I was sort of, well, I must have been... 20 21 and i didn't realize that you could have you could um send a text i didn't really yes. know what a text was yeah so and and i've heard the cast of friends um talk and they will say you couldn't remake it now because no. we couldn't make it now because we'd all just be sat on our phones yes Yeah. I read an article, a really good article, about this guy who uh, called Jack Walters, who is so obsessed with the nineties that he lives his life like it's the nineties. He has a tape player; uh, his whole home is set up. He's twenty-three, and he lives like it's that
0: time. Wow! What does he listen to? To old programs? I don't
1: know. He 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 buys from the charity shops, he wears high-waisted Levi jeans and sweater shop jumpers. I mean, they're in, that's in. Exactly, he's fashionable. He's got a VHS player, telephone alarm clocks, and he says his love of the 90s comes from his aim of recreating the cosiness of his mum and dad's house when he was a kid. Oh, that's so sweet. And he watches Absolutely Fabulous, Men Behaving Badly, The Vicar of Dibley, and he listens to Now That's What I Call Music. There you go, that's what he listens to on cassette tapes.
0: Oh, it's so sweet. And he's got an old laptop which uses Windows 95. Oh gosh, It'll take you forever to load up. Oh well, yeah. I think there must have been better communication, like face-to-face communication. Yeah. In those days, I think university now must be a very, very different experience.
1: I know a few people that have gone over the last few years, and it's been very different because a lot of it's been online because of the pandemic.
0: Well, yeah, that would have stopped it. That I mean, what would have happened if this has happened in the nineties? Oh yeah,
1: you wouldn't have. We wouldn't have gone, would we? You just that would have been it. No, I've just been at home watching reruns of. Yeah. Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Well, if we could watch reruns of Only Falls and Horses, we'd have to watch the oh, VHS true. because there was that was it, wasn't it? It was five channels. Yes.
0: And listen to your tape recordings of charts from the weekend before. Making your own mixtapes. <laughs> When we look back at the 90s, what what makes you feel nostalgic? The nostalgia I feel is quite painful. Mm. I mean, nostalgia is, it's a feeling of pleasure and also slight pain. I think it's the most bizarre feeling, isn't it? That it's happiness and sadness at the same time. And it's a yearning It's like for grief. something that can never... Yes, it is like grief. It is. You can't ever, ever go back. Yeah. But when I shut my eyes, I am there. I can be there. But I, But, I. But it's almost like yeah. I'm standing there as myself now kind of watching things happening in my head that happened i i mean yeah. I, i'm very very nostalgic about um my university years and the music around that time i think music plays a very big role in nostalgia because you can hear something mm. a snippet of something and you are transported back to that place and you, you can feel all the things that you felt mixed in with the fe- that feeling of nostalgia which is it's a pain in my chest it's a pain mm. i can't bear it in a way yeah, grief but at the same time i'd kind of just like to lock myself in a room and listen to oasis back to back um <laughs> <laughs> actually my next door neighbor he's a couple of years older than me probably about six years older than me or so he absolutely loves um 90s music and in the summer, I can't wait, actually, till it gets warmer again, because he'll have his radio out the back. And it's all songs from university time, basically. Oasis, Embrace, Blur, The Charlatans. Envelop me with those sounds, please. Um, absolutely love yeah. it. And The Beatles, actually, because The Beatles had a revival when we were in our late teens, early 20s, because they re-released... All the the Beatles sort of backtrack, backtrack, <laughs> back catalogue, back catalogue, <laughs> in high definition or something, and uh, and so a whole new generation discovered the Beatles yeah. anew, and we d- we listened to it like it was you know just been released. So the Beatles makes me nostalgic for the 90s.
1: Yeah. But in the 90s, there was a real kickback that I remember in the 90s thinking I wish I'd been around in the 60s. Yes.
0: Well, it's like
1: your daughter now, isn't it? Exactly. Then we were talking about this the day and we were saying, can't imagine in 30 years that everyone will wish they'd been around
0: in the 20s. (laughs) Or wish I'd been around when it was that pandemic.
1: (laughs) No. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it obviously had such a deep effect on you, the 90s. Now, I loved the 90s, I and but I don't feel that I don't Mm. have that pining for it. It was a lovely time of my life, but I don't I don't have grief around it. I just I just think, wasn't that a right laugh? That's really good. <laughs> and people, somebody said to me years ago, what, what was your decade? And I don't know. Really? I don't know what my decade, because I suppose I probably should say 90s, but the noughties, I, I know we've discussed this before, and you were saying the noughties and the teenies don't really mean
0: anything to you. And they don't to me, they don't, uh, I think you were saying they don't have a personality yet, and they don't to me. I can't kind of place myself within the noughties, partly because the noughties in my brain d- don't really exist I I don't know why, yeah. but I always get confused and I sort of jump back. I, if I'm talking about the noughties, I end up saying 93 or something, when it should be 2003.
1: Right, It's okay. like I've
0: skipped a decade.
1: Yeah. I can't grasp it there that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I can't grasp it. 2002 was 20 years ago. I can't, I can't, I cannot grasp that. No. In my head, the 90s are 10 years ago. So when you say... <laughs> To, we're in 2022 30 years ago was 1992 but at that time I wanted to live in the 60s which was the same length of time before I just I cannot I can't I don't I go, I go
0: my head's just gone yeah I don't think I did have that hankering for you know living in the 60s and I remember going to 70s nights oh yeah i remember going to those yeah oh yeah and it was a big thing I don't know if there still are Probably not. Uh, it's 90s nights now. Yeah. But I found them quite boring. I loved it for about the first hour and a half. And then I'd be like, oh, it's, it's all quite the same. And that's probably what people from the 10s, what are they called? I don't teenies. know, I say what teenies, but I don't know what they are. Think about the 90s music. Yeah. Think, oh, it's all the same. <laughs> we ended up this programme with a you bash. Studies have shown that people who grew up in the 1990s struggle to resist alcopops cannot say the word freedom without adopting a thick Scottish accent and suffer PTSD on hearing the song Love Is All Around. They are, however, very good at playing the guitar, as long as they're playing Wonderwall. They look super smashing great in a pair of combat trousers and are brilliant at dealing with crises as they treat any minor setback like an episode of The Crystal Maze. How many time crystals have you won today? Goodbye! (laughs) What are some real moments for you from the 90s? To be honest, I think it's because I was like, why? What is my strong desire to go back about? And what is that feeling of sadness and, and um, mixed with pleasure about? And I, I realized, I was thinking, well, it's about um, a whole load of stuff. And I think it's about things that I've now lost yeah. that I haven't got anymore. So, collagen, pelvic floor. <laughs> energy in fact I did write down energy a purpose I mean I do have a purpose in life obviously but I think I had a real drive at that point yeah because everything was so new and fresh and very exciting freedom Mm. and I've got freedom of course um and we're very lucky in this country to have freedom but I also am tied by the fact that I have two children to look after I can't just bugger off around the world for a year Mm. um Uh, Although people do. Mm. Maybe I should. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) um, Think on. Susie (laughs) left the podcast (laughs) and went around the world. (laughs) Yeah, and I think friends, friends and community. And I think that's probably when I think back to us being in in drama group, even school. I I have a real strong Mm. desire to go back to school and uh, university because you are always with a gang of friends every day. Um, people who who you have a laugh with and who you share everything with. I mean, I have a husband. Um, <laughs> it's not
1: quite the same, though, is it? Having a gang. No, one person
0: can't fulfil all of those things, can they? He does try. Yes, but, um, and he's a very funny man. <laughs> he is a very funny man. But I think it's that sense of community where everywhere you walk, you're going to see someone you know and... Um, And you're learning new things every day as well at that time Mm. at school. I mean, it might have been deathly dull. I'm sure some of them certainly didn't enjoy all my lessons or lectures and then you have to write essays and oh God. But you are, you're learning, you're learning something and your brain's getting fired up. So I don't think it's anything specific, you know, like it's not a specific moment in time. Mm. It is just a a sense of that feeling of that atmosphere and environment that I was in Mm. at that time it's it's that Um, and that probably those
1: feelings of grief are, are are sort of compounded by the fact that you are quite restricted now my kids are older so I don't have that that I don't I've I don't have that sort of feeling of I haven't got as much freedom my kids are coming up to the point where you know we've probably only got a couple of years left before Ella goes off on her travels and does whatever she wants to do and and so my my world has opened back up again whereas your children are very small and so there is only so mm-hmm. much you can do so then then there is that hankering back and also having turned 40 and being in the 40s I think that throws up a lot of stuff as well but I de- I don't have that same level of group. I can just no. I, I just imagine that it's probably from from being restricted in what you can do
0: yeah I don't know uh, do you uh, I sometimes think that it's all still happening in another dimension. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite weird, isn't it? It's like, well, no, because I can't. I'm not there at the same time as I'm here. Yeah. Or maybe I am. Yeah. Well, my friend Haley's got a lot of stuff to talk about on time. She's been doing a lot of
1: listening to podcasts and stuff about time and how it's how it. I can't. I can't remember any of the details that she told me.
0: But it's interesting. And that's 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 much I can tell you. <laughs> well, that, I'd love to hear about that another time. Ta- another time. Yes, yeah, so- but. Uh, Maybe um, I'm yeah, telling you somewhere really on the time timeline. <laughs> maybe maybe I know about it already. Maybe you do. Um, but it is that weird... Yes, I, I do genuinely feel like every, every decade in history is still happening. Yeah. I think it's because in my heart of hearts, I would love time travel to be real. Yeah. And there to be some kind of machine. I would basically like to be Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. That's my ideal. Yes. And just so if you go back... And it's ha- it's still happening. <laughs> it's re- yeah. I love thinking about that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The-, the industrial revolution's still happening, and you know, there's cavemen. Yeah, in another bit. Yeah, yeah, it- yeah. It's very. It's kind of overwhelming if you think about
1: it. Too hard. It's sort of a thought that you can go and get lost on, isn't it? For hours and almost <sighs> make yourself feel a yeah. bit weird about. It the more the more you think about yeah. it.
0: Yeah, but that's interesting that you don't have that nostalgic feeling. So if you if you hear um. A song, and it takes you back to a time and place.
1: Oh yeah, totally. But I, uh, I don't. It don't feel sad. I do look back and I think, God, that was brilliant. And sometimes I hear a song and I am definitely right back there. I remember. Did you ever watch the television series Ashes to Ashes with uh, Keely Hawes and John Simm? Oh Sim, yeah, yeah, which the was 80s a follow one. on from Life on Mars. So- so that was in the 80s, yeah. but it was the early 80s. Now, I was very little in the early 80s, but I would watch that show and I would say to my husband, I don't know what's going on. I cannot give you words, but there is so much in the set design and the music and the feel of this that is taking me to a time when yes. I probably couldn't speak. I I have such a strong wow. feeling and I can't tell you what it is, but it's it's yeah. it's memories that I yeah. can't articulate. And it had such a powerful effect on me. And and yeah, definitely hearing songs, it takes me right back to memories and moments. But I suppose this is probably the point in my life where I feel like I've got the most freedom mm. and agency over my life. And I don't think I particularly right. felt that in my teens. So I feel like, um, I feel sort of, it was a brilliant time and oh my god i had some fun and also i got together with my husband in 1996 we were 18 and all of my friends are still the same friends so i don't um so i don't have that pining for it because i suppose i feel like it's still very much there it's such a big part yeah. of my life still but i mean th- talking about this topic i did have sort of three or four memories that came to me that were really brilliant um I remember on my 18th birthday uh second of May people second of May uh, <laughs> I got to vote yes. on my sec- on my 18th birthday wow so my dad woke me up and got a bottle of champagne um, which I had before I went to school. I was in sixth form before I went to school. So my dad, my dad, gave me a champagne breakfast and then said, "I can't drink any of this because I've got to drive you." So I literally drank a bottle of. Oh champagne. my goodness! Literally drank a bottle of champagne and then went to vote, and then went to school. And I remember my former teacher, Mrs. Thornywork, walking into the classroom. I was in the science block, and I was absolutely. Tipsy, tipsy as anything hammered. probably hammered uh, hammered at 18 off a bottle of champagne and she was telling everyone off for coming in late into class and i stumbled in late and stood at the back of class everyone in the classroom just started sniggering and all of the teachers knew all day that i was hammered and not one of them said anything i remember sitting in uh, mr ralph's english class doing my english a level and uh, <laughs> and just him laughing and just turning wow. a blind eye. It was actually wow. really sweet of them to all turn a blind eye because they knew it was my 18th birthday. That would never happen now, would it? You'd be sent home. No, not at all. Oh my god, social services would be killed. Cool to... But it was it was really it was really sweet of them and it was such a, a brilliant a brilliant day. So yeah. that sort of stands out for me. And um another thing is um me and my friend Mel, when we were in sixth form, deciding because you had to be in school all day because we didn't go to college we stayed at sixth form but we decided at lunchtime we were gonna we were allowed out at lunchtime we were gonna walk to the nearest town to go to our price to buy um the bomb by bucketheads this sounds falling to my mind and um and push the feeling yes, on yes. Do you remember that by uh nightcrawlers push it, let's push and so that was those songs because i remember we went to uh cream a couple of times and i would just get into it and i'm i'm quite i love music and i remember it being very upbeat and i would just drink water and dance all night and the number of people that would come over and ask me if they could have what i was on yeah it's just like yeah. water and life and um, and the, those sort of moments yeah. of, of 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 freedom and um, and fun and that that part of your life where you're about to, it's, you know, you've got a, you've got a
0: yeah. little bit more freedom. You can go out, you can do stuff. You don't want to be at home. You want to be with your mates all the time. I mean, I think in in my ideal world, actually, I would probably live on a commune <laughs> with a bunch of mates um, yeah. and my husband and family. Yeah, and I think that would be absolutely glorious yeah a community a real kind of and that you all
1: yeah which which definitely when you're particularly when you're a team your life is your friends isn't it and it's and you're seeing people all the time and you're out and about and there's, there's there's you're here there and everywhere and there's just lots going on and 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 then as you settle down or get jobs or grow up a bit that's not quite the case because you're world becomes slightly smaller
0: and you can't see everybody all the time that's just that time and that youth and that energy and that collagen and that pelvic floor (laughs) well absolutely it's all it all boils down to the gloriousness of youth really the common theme of all this is that it was a time before technology kind of took over isn't it
1: yes i suppose so yeah i suppose so and just and also it's been an intense few years hasn't it and (laughs) so i've gone completely insane
2: (laughs) (laughs) In West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh, Esther, I haven't got any ideas for this week's
0: show. I feel completely uninspired. Mm-hmm. Esther, what are you stuffing into your mouth? A bit of Lady Macbeth for inspiration. You're eating the works of Shakespeare.
1: No! I'm eating a delicious bar of Lady Macbeth dark orange chocolate from Sweet Theatre. I've just finished off Alice in Wonderland. Even the artwork on the packaging is beautiful. Oh, is it helping? Indeed it is. Here, have a little nibble on Oscar Wilde. Mmm. That one's
0: gin and tonic flavour. Yum. Have you got any more? Um, um... Esther, have you eaten
2: all the Sweet Theatre chocolate? Should I exit stage left?
0: Yeah, I think you should.
2: Sweet Theatre. chocolates with drama. Available online at sweettheatre.com and in participating theatres. If Esther hasn't eaten it all... So no one told your life was gonna be this way. And now, on the LifeSap
0: channel, we visit Barbara and Pamela as they decide if that collection of 90s memorabilia you haven't looked at for 15 years is a load of old gubbins, or if it sparks joy. I'm Barbara Sparks and I'm Pamela Clagsworth
1: Joy I'm Joy Clagsworth no no you're still Pamela Pamela I'm
0: Pamela Pamela you're Pamela Joy as in Sparks Joy oh never mind together we are Sparks Joy let's take a flutter on a declutter what are we rummaging through today Barbara my box Pamela my 90s box from when we were young. We were in our mid-40s in 1990, Barbara. Exactly. Young. I could still lunge in
1: 1990. I suppose I was out every night at raves, mashed off me face.
0: So, here's the first item. What on earth that? A dead rodent? It's a lock of Chesney Hawkes' hair. Why? He was in front of me. I had a pair of scissors. I thought, this is my one and only chance. Bin it, Barbara. No way, Pam. This can go on my John Bon Jovi doll. He's got a bit thin on top recently. Next. A brick? No, it's my first mobile phone. Get rid. It's obsolete. So are most MPs, Pamela, but it doesn't stop them trying. What's this? My collection of 90s necklaces. CND symbols, Celtic crosses, plastic dummies of various sizes. They were very in- In 1993. Perhaps you could pop one in your mouth now, Barbara. But then I wouldn't be able to speak, Pamela. Mm. The pièce de la résistance is... 50 photo albums from 1992 but the photos are all
1: either out of focus taken accidentally while the camera is pointing at the floor or completely
0: undeveloped barbara quite an accurate representation of photography in the 90s pamela priceless so that's all for now join us next week when we'll look through all my photos one by one so you're not decluttering any of this rubbish i am not And I'll thank you not to call it rubbish. What's that burning smell, Pamela? I took it upon myself to start
1: a bonfire. For what? Your collection of used tissues from the Backstreet Boys tour bus circa 1994.
2: Oh, right. I love a good podcast. And when I find one I really like, I tell everyone I know about it. I grab my phone and I share the podcast with everyone in my address book. And then I post about the podcast on social media. Then I rate and review the podcast. And then I have a warm feeling inside for the rest of the day. Just saying. I hope you're enjoying this episode of limited time only. I know I am. Now, where's my phone? (laughs) Crisscross will make you jump, jump. Okay, so I'm going to give you a category,
0: Esther. Okay. And I would like you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind in that category from the 90s. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Always ready. 90s Nostalgia Fest. Okay. Okay, first thing from the 1990s that comes to your head okay. when I say a book. Uh, remember me by Christopher... No, remember me by Christopher Pike. I remember and falling in
1: love with, but um, Judy Bloom. There was a there was a classic book, and there was a man who had a penis called Jeremy in it, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody talked about it. I don't think I've read What ever was it called? That. Judy Bloom. Oh my God, it's such a classic. It was. Is it? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Forever, forever by Judy Bloom. Wow. Yeah, it was quite an eye opener. Mm. I read the whole book in one night. I
0: devoured it. Gosh, I am um, I need to read it. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, it's quite an education. Wh- when I when I thought of a book, uh, the first one that came to my head was Captain Corelli's Mandolin. <laughs> oh, really? oh, well, you see that just shows that just shows a difference between you and I. <laughs> well, I don't know. All right then. Next category. Okay. Food. Oh, pasta with cheese on. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is garlic bread. Oh, garlic bread. It's the future. Okay. TV program
1: oh it's quite hard uh, oh well only because we just talked about it um off air tier five can i have three tier five friday big breakfast vicar of dibley AbFab! fab oh Abfab fab as well okay
0: they're good they're good Let's... i i would go uh don't forget your toothbrush oh yeah um, neighbors uh, Blackadder, uh
1: did, black, black adder uh oh yeah
0: black did go into the nice but only just i think oh really
1: yeah and friends Oh, Friends. Oh, God. Yeah, I watch that every week. Religiously. Blackadder was 90s. Oh, no, you're right. You're no, right. No, I think the last series was 1990. Oh, my giddy
0: aunt. I am, I'm really shocked. Yeah, last aired 2nd of November 1989. Yeah. So that's, so I was watching that, yeah, very You are probably just young. watching repeats. No, I was younger because I do remember the last episode. Anyway, Friends, Neighbours, Red Dwarf. That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, whose line is it anyway as well? Oh yeah. Music.
1: One song from the nineties. Oh god, this is a random one that's just popped into my head and I don't know why I've thought of this one. Um You say I only hear what I want to. Oh yeah. Do you remember that song? That's just come into my head. It wasn't it wasn't a classic track
0: for me, but that's what's popped in. I'd probably go smells like Teen Spirit though. Oh yeah. Um I have got now this is quite weird because I thought of Cypress Hill, jump around.
1: <gasps> oh jump my around, god,
0: <mumbles> yes. Jump around and um, jump up, jump up and get down. House jump, of pain. Jump 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 jump. But how jump. weird is this, right? I thought about I thought about this, this morning. And what came on the radio, Zoe Ball's breakfast show this morning? Jump around. I was absolutely flabbergasted. Do you know what that song just gets me in my feet, and they literally
1: just start jumping as soon as it yeah. comes on. I just love it. Absolute oh my classic. god! Yeah, revs me right up. Well, I mean, we could weird. go on for
0: <laughs> revs me right up. I could uh, <laughs> we could go on forever about music, but we have, we can't. So I'm going to move on. We're going to go to sport. Oh Christ! Uh, I'm not into sports. <laughs> oh, going to the Albion with my dad
1: every week, football. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, so
0: I'm I'm going to go Euro '96. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because that was you know immense. Sports never massively been on my
1: radar, but I did go to the Albion for a number of. Actually, there was one game that was brilliant where we went, uh, where the Albion got promoted and went up into the Olympic Gallery. And um, and had like really high up seats, which was supposed to be really good. But my dad's terrified of heights, so I just kept. Oh no! And I, 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 he was literally holding on to it, which I have actually inherited from him. I'm absolutely terrified of heights now. Oh no! And um and I didn't know that. yeah, but it was uh, yeah, I'm not good. When we went up the Eiffel Tower with the kids, and they lay on the plastic. Oh, that is um high. And I was like, I can't even look at you. Yeah. Oh my god! Bath, yeah. bath, Barf, tastic, bath. Barf, that's a nineties word. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got another category, which is film. Oh, oh, that's weird. Okay, two films have popped into my head. Don't know why again. American Beauty, which was the end of the nineties. Oh, yes. And um, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. Oh, what a great!
0: Oh my, that was goodness, a good Christian film. Slater, yes, absolutely adore him. Pump up the volume. Yes, that was a great. It film. It was. I don't
1: know why that's come from either. Isn't it
2: interesting? Very good. When you
0: say a word and something pops out of your head from the recesses my film from the 90s would be train spotting oh my goodness such
1: yeah. a good shout i went to see that with my mate Haley, and uh yeah we came out feeling very rebellious it did not have the right effect on us we came out we're like what can we go and do it was like the middle of the day like we what can to, we jack up what can we get <laughs> let's go and play some heroin <laughs> we went like that but we were we came out sort of feeling like we wanted to be cool and edgy so uh, yeah, such a good. I can't watch it now. I did. I well, I can, but we tried to watch it about a year ago. It was on film four. Is it too grim? It's the baby. It's the dead baby. I can't yeah, tolerate yeah, it now. Yeah. I was fine at eighteen,
0: but now I'm like, oh, this is unbearable. Yeah, no. but it's such a good film. Talking about now, you said coming out of a cinema. The the other, I've got a very very vivid memory of going to watch. Um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yes, yeah. And coming out, and I remember, I even remember what T-shirt I was wearing because I came out and it, it was a white, fitted white T-shirt with a little sun
1: yeah.
0: on the uh, the middle of the chest, very small, sort of on my sternum. And it was soaking wet oh. because I was I had cried yeah. and cried and cried and it was just, I, I was a soaking wet um, t- T-shirt. Not the whole thing, but that sort of middle, the chest bit where was running down my neck oh. because it was so... Oh, God, that was a beautiful film. And I think, because we, cause they were our age, weren't they? And, well, a bit older, actually. But... Would well, you know, um, no, well, they, yeah, slightly older, but our old drama teacher
1: put me forward for the role of Julia. Oh, yeah. sent my photograph off. No, sent my wow. I never got seen, because, I mean, it was Claire Danes and Leonardo to keep with. <laughs> but, And she was in My So-Called Life, another great 90s show. Oh, that's so sweet that he did that. He sent my photograph off for it, and uh, CV and whatever. So, yeah, but I it's such a good film. Titanic as well I mean I'm sure you were
0: second choice Esther
1: absolutely it was down to you and Claire um, to be honest I just turned it down I was like do I want to wake out with Leonardo DiCaprio and uh no I'm not interested oh my goodness <laughs> close to fame amazing yeah. well it's
0: not really it's uh, I, I, know, I like it I mean, I'm, 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 well, I'm now brilliant. forever going to think you nearly got the part of um, <laughs> Juliet in Luhrmann's Romeo and <laughs> Juliet
1: that's that's the official that's the official line that's the line yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but Titanic as well of course that was 90s yes Pretty Woman God. all these sort of classics mainstream. Sense and Sensibility oh, oh I love that you so what about clothes oh clothes oh um those sort of combat trousers that had like pockets yeah, yeah. like the all Saints. all Saints like the All Saints yeah. like All Saints wore And, uh, like, a zip-up hoodie. I remember once going round to my friend Mel's to meet her and uh, I'd got a pair of blue combat trousers on, a white vest top and a black hoodie, and my hair was tied back. And I got there and she was dressed identically (laughs) to me. And I was, like, I was really severely hinting please go and change because we were going shopping together and we just looked really But we all wore the same didn't we? Uh, well but I mean literally we couldn't have been more oh, identical so we, it, when it was quite cold outside so I took my hair down because she didn't change. I took my hair down I took my hoodie down, but I was heavily hinting please go and change yeah. please go and change because I live four or five miles away and I can't go back and change so but we just went left the house looking like I was, I was mortified. Yeah. So I then walked around in like a little t-shirt really cold. Freezing. Um,
0: freezing. But yeah that sort of clothes. Yeah definitely. My, my 90s out that immediately came to my mind was dot martin boots that I yeah. bought from um the rag market for 25 quid and I then had to scuff up because so I didn't <laughs> want them to look new and my mum was like what are you doing to your brand new boots I'm like well I can't be seen out with shiny dot martin boots are you mad um yeah. <laughs> leggings and German army shirt or a jumper and shirt borrowed off my dad and I literally did borrow my dad's uh, clothes yeah, I did. I had a.
1: My dad had a brilliant, uh, bottle green. It was so beautiful. It was such a gorgeous color. A bottle green cardigan from the sixties, and I used to wear that. And and then the 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 uh, elbows fe- fell, fell out fell out basically. Fell out. But, oh my god, I loved that. Yeah, but I was D. I was a DMS girl. And a grunge, and t- and we used to go to this shop called Roafers where you'd buy like hippie skirts, tie dyed, and oh yeah, and then it was, that was big, and big. That inf- was such a big thing. Yeah. And then by the end of the nineties, I was suddenly into like little short dresses and heels yes. and going clubbing. So it all went wrong. Yeah, I went through the whole phase. <laughs> the
0: the other thing, the other outfit I vividly remember is uh, when I wore, accidentally almost, full denim. Um, so I had jeans and I had a denim jacket. And my friend, um, Alex, I went shopping with her in Kings Heath. And um, she, we, I said, oh, my goodness, I'm wearing, I'm just denim. I, I look like a French exchange student. <laughs> um, so I then pretended to be her French exchange student in Kings Heath and embarrassed her so much. I was going, Alex, why are you not talking to me? I come all the way from France for a week and you're not, you're ignoring me. <laughs> and all these people giving me looks sort of sympathetic looks in, uh, in the card in card factory or whatever, i definitely remember looking at birthday cards with her but yeah it was i was just trying to wind her up really but i did look like a french exchange student
1: what is that about us all though because me and my friends used to go to worcester on the train and i would put on a scottish accent and say that my name was robin and then we'd all come up with these characters and we'd stand in the middle of worcester pretending we were having an argument
0: i mean it's so weird it is weird it's exhibitionism
1: it's exhibitionism <laughs> from all of us uh from me and my friends who none of them went into drama and none of them were interested in drama to my knowledge but we'd stand there and uh, i have to i um to get into a scottish accent i have to say a line which is on a letter once um it's most important you let me know if you'll not be able to attend. That's really good. And we'd get into Worcester, and we'd stand there, and I and they'd be like, and I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so good. You sound like um line of duty woman. Oh, uh, the one in the last Kelly series. McDonald. You sound like Kelly McDonald. Oh, I'll take that. Me and the Kelster. So those are my categories for nineties quick fine nostalgia. I liked it. I I now have, I want to go out and um I don't know dress in full denim and um, listen to Blur and um, eat (laughs) Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts! Good shout, Suze. Yeah.
2: Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Can you hear me? Yes, can you
3: hear us? I can hear you perfectly. Is that better? Yes, Yes, so much better. better. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, you
1: sounded like a Dalek underwater.
3: You know what? That happened. I did something recently with Danny Minogue and that happened and I ended up using my kids' Spider-Man <laughs> headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just for Danny.
1: Today's guest is the multi-talented legend that is Ian H. Watkins, also known as H. from Steps, singer, singer, Actor, father, artist, radio presenter and LGBTQIA icon. H has packed a lot into his life so far. And together, Steps have sold over 22 million records, supported Britney Spears on tour, are Brit Award winners and this year they are celebrating 25 years with a summer tour, platinum collection album, which is out in August and a new single, Hard to Forget. We talked to H about his proudest moments, living authentically, how important it was for him to be in a same-sex couple in Dancing on Ice, being a good role model to his sons and, of course, about steps and all they've achieved. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, H.
3: I'm sorry, this doesn't look very
0: glamorous. I've got like a little, like a shitty old lampshade. But look oh. at your, look at your top and your face. You, that's all you need. You look great. I've seen all your decorations as well. <laughs> they look <laughs> We weren't
1: sure if it was a bit like, I don't know, stalkerish, But yeah, no! there's a little bit of you leaping through the air and some fairy lights and there's some steps.
3: Yep, I got I got the reference. Thank you
1: very <laughs> well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are very excited to have you on. You're
3: very welcome. Do you know what? I don't say this to many things just because I'm a busy parent, but you know what? I'm honoured. Oh, Thank you very we're,
0: well. we're ruddy honoured, to tell you. I can't believe we've got a global pop star on them. I mean, what? So, yeah. <laughs> You're kidding me. I'm an exhausted parent. Oh. That's exactly yeah, then we're
1: all kindred
3: spirits <laughs> <Yeah>. then.
1: <laughs> Can we start by saying a massive, massive congratulations. 25 years of steps. Incredible.
3: I mean, I don't know what to say to that, really. I mean, I, no. if you'd have told me that we would have reached this milestone, you know, way back when we released a little line dancing single that everybody laughed at us and we kept releasing records and, you know, all the cool cats in the industry laughed louder and you know what? None of those cool cats are around anymore. Yeah. yeah. Last laugh.
1: Yes, exactly. And you bring so much joy, don't you? You bring, I mean, whenever I hear your music, everybody gets on the dance floor. It just it just brings joy to everybody. And my God, do we need that at the moment? Oh and yeah. Did Did you always know you wanted to be a performer?
3: Um. I mean, th- there was no choice really. <laughs> um. <laughs> it was kind of in me from a very very early age, I guess. Um. My mum saw something in me and you know what, I guess if I was a child of today I definitely would have been diagnosed on a spectrum of some kind so my mum you know back then nobody knew what that was I was just labelled a naughty child you know I always had ants in my pants I never kept still Um, so my mum decided to channel that energy into a local amateur dramatics theatre group and that's where it started really when I was nine and wow. i've never looked back really yeah amazing And so was acting what you wanted to do originally i had um i had so many interests when i was a child um i loved performing or i loved i wouldn't say performing but i loved the feedback <laughs> you like the praise yeah It mean, doesn't like you know a round of applause so, it's the applause <laughs> isn't it it's
0: the applause <laughs>
3: yeah so i lived for the reaction of me telling a joke or telling a song, or I, I learned guitar when I was very young. Um, so I loved uh, you know, the adulation, I guess, of doing something that everybody liked. Yeah. Um, I also uh, was, I guess, um, I threw myself into art. So I was a, a very keen um, painter and um, I've recently gone back to that as well. And also animals, I loved. So it was a t- it was a toss up between being a performer, a vet, or an artist. There you go. Wow,
1: <laughs> <laughs> vet a vet television presenter. It well, could well, still well,
3: happen. So my vet dreams were were smashed because I failed all of my sciences. <laughs> uh... <laughs> and yes, and I lived my I guess my safe place. And we grew up in a very different age now. You know, mm. luckily my you know my friends' children who are teenagers uh, and are going through their GCSEs and they live in a world which is full of freedom and self-expression and hopefully my children you know will grow up in in an even better and more progressive society but when I was growing up I never had uh, like-minded people I never found my tribe I could never speak to anybody. And I'm talking about my sexuality. Mm. Um, you know, there, were, there weren't there were many people that were out. It wasn't accepted. You know, there was the AIDS crisis. So mm. if you said that you were gay, everyone automatically thought that you were um, suffering with AIDS, which is a complete misconception, of course. Yeah. And all of those myths are being smashed today by trailblazers, like one of my good friends, Gareth Thomas. You know, so many incredible things have happened. But when I was a kid, um, I felt very lonely. I was bullied. I was, you know, I was followed home from school. I was beaten up. Um, So, um, and I'm not saying that for a stop story. That's exactly how it was. But my solace, my safe place was the art room. And I just threw myself. I literally dived into uh, being creative, drawing, life drawing, um, model model making, uh, animation. And it's something that I've started to kind of dip my toe back in those waters now. But It's the
1: escapism, isn't it, into art, into something else, controlling that world, being who you are, being looked at for a different reason. And my daughter's 15 and she's gay. And she came out to me um, a couple of years ago, but I always had a feeling. And um, and I I sort of look back now and reading and knowing bits about you, I'm so glad that you did Dancing on Ice because she needs to see role models like that. And it's a a different world for her now, which I'm really pleased about because if she'd have been born at a different time, you know, she'd have been treated so differently. And we need people like you to break
3: down these barriers. Thank you. You know, that was the reason that I said that I would do Dancing on Ice under this condition. Mm. I wanted the representation that I never had when I was a child. I wouldn't have felt so lonely. I wouldn't have felt so isolated. I could have found, Like minded people. So, to have that representation on a national television show, which actually went viral, it went Mm. across the world. And, you know, it may not have changed a lot of people's minds, but it started conversations in little rural communities for people like myself that never felt included, never felt that they could carry on. So for those reasons, all of those boxes were ticked for me. It's yeah. brilliant.
1: And I think I I sort of reading up, I sort of forgot that it wasn't until 2007 that you came out. And then watching the Britney Spears documentary and everything, I was thinking, oh, my God, it's changed so much the way people are treated in the press. And, and it must have been a big thing to come out in 2007.
3: Um, well, you know, my coming out story wasn't, uh, I guess, a, a happy one. You would like to um, think that... When you come out, it's under your own terms, Um, you know, you have the freedom to, to speak your truth when you're ready. But my story was that the press were hounding anybody that was in the closet or anybody that wasn't out publicly. You know, it was a time where newspapers, you know, would put you on the front pages for being gay, whereas today it's really not that big a deal you know, they they hounded peers of mine, you know, Stephen Gately. Um, he he got, you know, a thrashing. Mm. There's so many people that, you know, even if you were bisexual, um, I could mention lots of names, but it wouldn't be fair, you know. Um, and I got a call. I had a long-term partner at the time, and I was on holiday abroad, and I got a call from a newspaper saying, we know your story unless you give us quotes, then we're going to run this story anyway. Um, so I didn't give them any quotes. I thought I have to go home and tell my parents, tell the people that I love. So I hopped on the plane, cut my holiday short, told my parents, told my family, my brothers, of course they were okay with it. You know, they, you know, give me a hug and said, it doesn't matter. We know anyway, you know, it was just, we were waiting for you to tell us, which was amazing. Um, but you know what, they didn't run the story because i didn't give them quotes Mm. and i just felt like my truth had been taken away from me i absolutely wasn't ready to live my authentic self or tell my story or come out um so i felt that that was you know that's that's something that i really i have i guess a bit of ptsd about Mm. you know it's it it there's a lot of trauma there because of that situation and it's something i'm dealing with and you know and things are great now but you know, back then it was a really dark time. It really was.
0: With dancing on ice, was that did that help? In does that help in some way? It felt like everything had
3: come full circle. You know, from being forced to actually come out, um, to actually being on a TV show where I could be my authentic self under my own terms, mm. um, to inspire all of those young LGBTQI plus people, and also, I'm a dad now. So, for my children to see me living my life loud and proud, being my authentic self, and you know, I always uh, tell my kids, you know, daddy's dancing with his prince, so Matt was my prince, yeah. Um, he was the ice prince, and and, and... (laughs) even though my kids are six now, and they still ask about the ice prince. (laughs) Oh, have they met him? Yes, they have. So, we so we used to rehearse. So rehearse. We used to um practice a lot in Cardiff, Cardiff Ice shrink and I'd bring the kids down a lot. And they've been on the ice. And since the pandemic is actually over now, my kids we skate
0: every every Saturday together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you are you doing like the full spins and kind of? Well, you know, you know, no, it's
3: kind of. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> doing a bit. Yeah, of I 20. mean, I was kind of that. That was under pressure, <laughs> so I had to learn. You know, a one foot spin. Or yeah. you know a three a, a three, uh, three turn you know it was it was just mind blowing the stuff we had to learn in terrifying days, <laughs> for a couple of days so and I don't have to do that I just do it now for pleasure and I see my kids doing it and you know you have kids they just they're just like sponges and they they just Max is just literally gliding the whole length of the rink on one foot it's like
0: what wow how. how? <laughs>
3: I guess because they don't have so far to fall as well.
0: <laughs> That's it. The, yeah. the balance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as scary. So was that your motivator for doing Dancing on Ice? Or was it more that you wanted to dance on ice? Or was it more and have a challenge? Or more was it that, that you know, you wanted to to be authentic and lead, lead the way? All of those
3: things. You know, I love yeah. um, a reality show, which is what it is, but it's skill-based. It's something... That I had wanted to do for so many years. Uh, it was the top of my bucket list, dancing on ice. And I tried out for it before three times. And you know, it's when when they cast in a show, it's it's like a jigsaw. So you know, they had somebody from us from a soap, somebody from the music business. You know, some. But these days, it's some it's it's a social media influencer <laughs> right? or somebody from Love Island. But back then, it was a very different casting process. But I tried out before and I'd never made the cut. But this time I got the call and I said, I'll do it under this condition. And they were so supportive. ITV were just incredible and flew, you know, the LGBTQI plus flag completely embraced myself and Matt. And uh, when we had the backing of, of the network and the channel and the producers, we felt like we could do anything. And, you know, it didn't matter how far we got in the competition. As soon and Gareth told me this. So Gareth Thomas, he's one of my besties. He came to the uh, to our first skate, and he said, and it's so true now. When I look back, it doesn't matter what you do from the moment you step on the ice. Every other person in that competition will be irrelevant, and I don't want to disrespect my you know my uh, my fellow contestants. But in ten years' time, nobody will remember anything else but that first dance. Yeah,
0: so emotional yeah. of watching it again the oh. other day. And it was like, <laughs> everybody's crying. I can't even tell you
3: the amount of focus, <laughs> the amount of nerves. Um, it, But it just felt like years and years of suppression, years of hiding, years of knocking on doors, you know, asking people, you know, begging people to represent mm. to have visibility and it all landed in those two minutes it was, <laughs> it was the most nerve-wracking two minutes of my life I can't even tell well, you. you
1: smashed it. And, and, and also because you'd had your agency taken away from you all those years ago and your hand forced which I'm not surprised that you have PTSD from it because that's horrendous but then to then be able to take that control back to put yourself on the ice to be breaking down barriers and like I say having a 15 year old daughter um and to have people like you who are visible who are who are you know blazing through and 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 just ha- having that visibility there, it's not such a big issue for her. and so i'm I'm really grateful to you, and I'm really grateful that she's born at the time she's born and that and hopeful that it'll just get better and easier.
3: Thank you, and that that means a lot. and i since the pandemic, you know we've all reevaluated our lives and our careers, and for me what i put out there um i think people have a tendency um on social medias on instagram and twitter to literally document every part of their day because they think that more likes uh, more followers makes you more popular but i want to use my socials now to do good to represent to create visibility inclusion and it's one of the reasons why so on our last tour um i can't even believe I did it and it felt so empowering um so in one of the sections on tour I came out in a full-on ball gown oh wow that's so cool and it's not something you know it's not like I do the school running (laughs) a dress if I wanted to I could but I did it because um one of my little boys loves wearing dresses so does mine mine loves
0: it yeah Yeah. and
3: you know what they push their trucks around in their prams and I have of course, I have zero problem with that, but he started to be a little bit conscious about, you know, about things about, you know, daddy, boys can only wear blue. And I was, and I said, no, you know, boys can wear pink as well. So the next day I wore pink from head to toe and took him to school just to show. And he was like, ah, oh, I'd like to wear pink shorts now, daddy. I was, of course, of course you can. But he started to want to wear dresses and I look. It's just play. And even if it wasn't, if it was heading in a direction, I would just let him be exactly who he wanted to be. But I wanted him to see me in a ball gown, in the biggest ball gown, in the show, living loud and proud. And he loved it. And so for me to represent all of those little queer children out there that think that it's not acceptable, that they can't do it. You can be exactly who you want to be. You have a step show is all about having a, stay, a safe space. You know we have an open door policy. It doesn't matter how you identify. You know what gender, what color, what ability. You come and you live your best life, mm. and that's what it's about.
0: And and that and that is why steps has partly why, other than the fact you're you're all hugely talented and the music's fantastic, that you've endured. you I mean twenty five years. Um, because you're so accessible and so joyful um and and I I was gonna ask you if you've recovered from the platinum Jubilee weekend because I know there was a big show that you did on was it Friday at the uh, yes just gone. just gone
3: well you know what we actually pre-recorded that a couple of weeks ago um so that was in the bag so we knew that was coming out we've had we've just had uh, <laughs> it's been a bit of a roller coaster I mean whenever we Steps, as a band, we have, you know, our own lives. So 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was our life. And we lived, breathed. Uh, we got up and had breakfast together as Steps. You know, we went, you know, went up, went for a night out and we ended up, you know, it, it was just, everything was saturated with Steps. Yeah. And now it's, it's amazing because we all have our own lives. We have our own children, we have businesses. So it's our job. Yeah. and we get and it's beautiful that we can dip in and out of, you know so literally I went from one you know on our last tour headlining the O2 to doing swimming lessons the next day Brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's you know,
0: I think parent, <laughs> parenthood really has that effect doesn't it it really you really can't it grounds yeah, you, you, you it does can't be, <laughs> it's always going to go back to having to change someone's nappy or you know yeah yeah and you know, and when you have twins
3: it is something else oh wow Seriously. I mean, Lee has just had a little boy, uh, Leo, his name is, Aww. and he's coming up to 10 months now, but he did in the early days, he messaged me and he went, how did you do two?
0: How? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but I suppose it's all you've done. Exactly. So, you know, if, I think if I had
3: had one first yeah. and then had two, I would have been like, Phew. yeah, but if I'd have one again now, uh, it would be like a breeze in the park. Yeah, I
2: mean,
3: what? Yeah, <laughs> what are you winging about? <laughs> you new oh parents. I, mean, I will say though. I mean, I had mine in a military routine, you know, from day one, and thank the Lord, they have slept since they were three months. They're twelve-hour babies still. Wow! Still, I'm not, I'm not oh myself. my gosh! Oh my god! They're incredible. Yeah, so, mine still uh, isn't.
0: You know, mine still doesn't sleep through. He's nearly four. <laughs> You need to
3: send eight rounds. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to criticise anyone's parenting uh, because we all do it differently. But for me, you know, I was a single parent, and I. That's what I had to do to to survive. You know, if one of mine uh, were crying, I picked them up, and they stopped. I put them back down. You know, because I knew they were playing me. They've never been, you know, they've always been in their own room. They've never been in, in uh, if they're ill, they've never been in bed with me. Oh, wow. In fact, if they have been ill, I've slept on the floor with them just to make sure they're okay, but they've never, ever been in with me. I do tough love. Um, they have chores, they do. They clean up after themselves. They put their clothes in the washing basket. You, you should know, write what? a they're
0: book. Sick. You should write a book. I'd buy it. Oh, <laughs> I ain't got time to write a book. I ain't got time to brush my teeth. <laughs> Yes, how, how, how you know, because obviously Steps recently, it's all kind of ramped up again, hasn't it? Well, the last few years, and, and Esther and I were just saying before before you came on, how because we, we've obviously been listening to lots of your music and stuff. I mean, What the Future Holds is my oh absolute favourite. God, we favorite. both love that. Absolute love bang. I mean, they all are, obviously, because it's Steps, but I was like, oh, my God, I played it about five times last night. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, I, if
3: I wasn't in Steps, I always say I would love Steps oh. because it's such a pop boy i love great pop music and i think a lot of the music that's out there at the moment it really is all about production and those songs will never stand Mm -hmm. the test of time Mm -hmm. whereas you know i don't want to blow our own trumpets but we we are still around for a reason we have dare i say an incredible back catalogue that people identify with and there are moments that really mean a lot to people because of songs in our career you know tragedy seems to be a uh, uh, a song that's played at everybody's wedding which is really weird <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but it's because of the video right yeah. because we're all wedding dresses you know heartbeat you know we get stories that you know people it was their first snog yeah you know <laughs> things are like it. and i love that we are part of people's you know the, the soundtrack to their lives yeah, it is. I, I
0: love that and it, it's and actually it's really nice because well I have to say first of all you're all like our age how, how do you all look so good yeah <laughs> you all look absolutely amazing you're kidding me oh, I mean God, God, yeah. I is. I'm just like oh no. I'm just
1: Oh, so really fit and attractive how is this how have you done i it? think it's having young children because when my kids were little i was never more buff because i was constantly lugging someone around and i never had time to eat so i was literally in the best
3: shape of my life so yeah and you know i had a twin carrier so i literally uh, had this thing it was oh god <laughs> it, it looked like some some kind of sex harness <laughs> but then you just put like pop two babies in yeah. like, like, walking around <laughs> My, my village was like literally looking like I had two massive knockers, <laughs> <laughs> you two heads.
1: <laughs> you can save it for when they're older and they've moved out. <laughs> Keep it for for future future life. <laughs> Who writes well, the songs for you guys? Do you write the songs now?
3: So way back um, when when we first started, so we were signed uh, with Pete Waterman, mm. and Pete Waterman was iconic Mm. to me and I guess if you were a child of the 80s uh, any PWL artist was on your wall so there's Kylie, Jason, Regastly, Mel and Kim, Bananarama you know all of those were part of my bedroom wall and I just remember walking into Pete Waterman Studios and just literally with my jaw on the floor going you know Kylie, Jason, Bananarama, Sonia and all of these people I grew up with and we, I mean, the studio hadn't changed at all. So we were literally singing on the same mics that Kylie recorded. You know, I should be so lucky and Rick had recorded Never Gonna Give You Up. It was just like, what? Yeah, Mind blowing. Yeah. And that was 25 years ago. And, you know, I, I never take anything that we do for granted. We've just done uh, a massive uh, festival over the weekend called Mighty Hoopla. Yes, yeah. Which was oh my, I mean it's it's literally so there's two hundred and fifty thousand people on site. Wow, it's just insane, and we'd been rehearsing for, you know for two weeks, and we'd also uh, released the news that we have the Steps Platinum collection, so that's uh, just been um, released for pre-order, and uh, we were all chatting and in our little WhatsApp group, and I was like guys, I'm really excited. <laughs> I have Butterflies, because you know we were all up early, so we we all we all get sent our socials ready to post, and we kind of customize it and all the assets, and we're all there ready, like before nine o'clock. And right, are you ready, guys? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm out the shower. I've had breakfast. I've had a coffee. We're all ready, and I was like, guys, I'm really excited. I've got butterflies, and to have that feeling still after twenty five years is you know I never take it for granted. It's just. Amazing. When you think there's so many artists, so the stats are on Spotify, 50,000 artists, new artists, release their first record every day. Wow. What? So how do you even gain visibility in that sea of artists? Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. So running. you know what? To still be relevant and selling our arenas and headlining shows
0: after 25 years is just you know old awesome. and your but your new stuff is it's not like you're just you know relying on your old your back catalog you've got really fantastic new music that that as you say will stand the test of time i mean that i'd get up on the dance floor to any of your new new songs um they're so good what is brilliant as well is that you're a group and there's five of you and that doesn't happen very often anymore does it there's not many groups out there well i mean i think the key to um keep going
3: is probably uh keep the original members (laughs) yeah 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 we always said you know if it wasn't the five of us we wouldn't do this we would not want to tarnish our legacy we didn't want to to water it down Mm. you know we we achieved immense things you know back in the day so it was five or nothing we our first arena tour after so we did a, a tv sh- uh, show called steps reunion and it was the first of these uh you know band reunions getting back together airing their dirty laundry uh, <laughs> working out the differences and we basically sold our arena tour which was like 30 dates uh, off the back of that tv show uh, so there was no new music no new album um and then the decision Or the question was, do we take this forward? Do we want to take this forward? Because none of us have to do this. We do this because we want to do it. And the only way forward is not by doing nostalgia shows. It's not relying on your back catalog. And as much as people love that, if we want longevity and if we want to point forward, we have to release new music. And that's what our fans wanted. Or at least we thought that's what they wanted. Because, of course, at that point, there was no definite. There's no certain. So then the next question was, what do we do? What do we sound like 10 years later? And we made the decision. We had so many songs pitched to us, so many ideas. um, And we made the decision to stay true to ourselves. It wasn't about production. It was all about... Cracking melodies. It was all about. I mean, the steps ingredients are you know v- bittersweet lyrics, you know, which are quite dark. With and it <laughs> and it doesn't really marry, but a really you know kind of upbeat tune, dark lyrics, and a key change. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and got some a key great, some
1: great choreography.
0: Oh yeah, the ha- yeah. You know. But all of those are like
3: you know they're sprinkles on top.
0: Yeah.
3: But, you know the the core ingredients are those. And uh, so the f- and the first song we had written for us, uh, which was, oh my goodness, what a banger, uh, an incredible singer songwriter called Fiona Bevan, was Scared of the Dark. And that was the blueprint for everything mm. that you hear now. You know, that was, you know, the the comeback single, I guess. Yeah. And since then we've had, oh my goodness me, uh, we had uh, Neon Blue, which is one of my favorites, Something in Your Eyes, a song you've just mentioned, yes. uh, What the Future Holds, which was written for us by Sia. Oh, wow. It's great. You know, if you'd have told me 25 years ago that we would still be here doing it, still releasing records, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed, but I'm eternally grateful.
1: And it sounds like you've really got a good balance now as well, where, like you say, it's a job, whereas initially it was all-consuming. I mean, do you feel, because you were obviously all very young when you got into the band, do you feel like you missed out on a chapter because... We all have the days in our teens where, you know, we go and get smashed down the park and, and all that kind of stuff. But I guess you didn't really have that because you were constantly on the go.
3: Well, I really appreciate that because you think that I'm uh, younger than I am. <laughs> How
0: old <laughs> were you, but 21 but, or something? Were you 21 when you...
3: Yeah, but that's the point. So we'd we'd done a lot of partying. We'd lived oh, our lives. So, <laughs> you know, I joined the band when I was 21. So we weren't children, whereas a lot of our peers... signed when they were 16 15 you know way you know before they were 20 so i guess we had our we were very savvy so we always had an eye on our record company on our outgoings on our you know what was coming in because when you're young and you're getting thrown millions of pounds at you by a record company you don't realize that you're actually paying for that. You know, you just think you're having a lovely time and you're ordering bottles of champagne and and limos and you have, you know, you're dripping from head to toe in Prada. Ultimately, you're paying for that. But we were really savvy very, very early on. And that's why we kept our budgets really, really small. And everything was recouped. Whereas our peers were, you know, spending 600 grand on a video. Whereas ours cost 50. Um, yeah. which <laughs> yeah. just a lot of money. But in the big scheme of things, you know, back then, you know, a a million pounds for a video is just insane. Why would you? No, because you ultimately pay for that Mm -hmm. and you don't earn money until that is recouped. Mm -hmm. Basically, a record company is a bank that gives you a loan. And we paid all of our very small loans back very quickly, which is why we did so well.
0: Yeah, Very clever. It's it's very good that you like you say you weren't naive basically you were that little bit older. It's so lovely looking at the photos of you guys when you know that's because it's it's basically just nineties and it's it's all quite it's a bit more innocent all that stuff isn't it? When I look at the videos, I'm like that was me. That's me at university. That's how I looked, and it's so lovely. It's just lovely. We, but we weren't as polished as a lot of the young
1: ladies now. I mean, I, I, God, I look back at photos of me at eighteen, you and I've I, I got no idea what the hell I'm doing.
3: <laughs> you know, they're all fans of Drag Race, and all they do is literally study. They, you know, they literally. I mean, yeah. teenagers now are like drag queens. They are contoured. They have weaves. They have yes, wigs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look It's, sorts, don't it's and Botox really early. Tell us some of your highlights through your career.
3: What are some of the bits that really stand out to you? Um, my goodness. Um. I have really fond memories, um, you know, we've done incredible things throughout our career, uh, but one really poignant moment for me was, it was really early on. And it probably means nothing to anybody else. It wasn't broadcast, but it was when we had our first record, um, our album launch. And it was, it was it was called Step One, our first album. Um, we were just, I guess, on the cusp of massive success you know we'd released five six seven eight which was met with lukewarm reviews <laughs> we would had last thing on my mind then went for sorrow was the one that people went oh okay they're not just a novelty band and then we released the album and then tragedy came so it was just when we were really really i guess, uh on that wave and we had all of our family there. All of my friends were there. All of all of our loved ones were there. And we had this incredible, intimate album launch. And it was just so special because after that point, we just exploded. And it just felt like we shared something really, really intimate and special together. Yes. And we belonged to our friends and family. And then after that, we were everybody's property. It was... It was I, yeah, I, I,
1: yeah. There's that moment before, that moment before you, you know you're creating something special and it's about to go and that sort of intimacy of that moment.
3: Yeah, very much so. And, you know, at that point, you know, my grandparents were still alive and they came to London. I treated all of my friends and my family. I, you know, I put them on a coach. I paid for all of their hotels. And just to do something like that, you know, for a little boy from the Rhondda that, you know, used to scrounge a fiver off his grand for train fare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do that, you know uh, it. Uh, it Absolutely. meant a lot to me. And then with my first pay packet, I bought my parents a house. Um, so that's that's one of the first things. And I guess another thing that I'm super proud of, just to say thank you, you know, for all of the the times they'd driven me to Amdram. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. yeah. I mean, that's that's one very poignant moment. But again, so many incredible moments, like we've talked about, dancing on ice. Um, Another time was when, so all of our stars aligned, so on our Tears on the Dance Floor tour, uh, a lot of us had children at that point, and it just so happened that all of our children were actually in the same country, (laughs) they were all in London, and we went, let's do this, let's bring them on stage with us, because it'll never happen again. And uh, so my boys were something like 18 months at the time. Um, so Lisa's children, Faye's little boy, Claire's children. At that point, Lee didn't have children. Um, and we brought them on stage for It's The Way You Make Me Feel. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, me. God. Look, <laughs> me me too. Still, it is, uh, And even though Dancing on Ice is my proudest moment professionally, having my, all of our children on stage with us from a personal perspective, that for me it oh, it, it outdoes any awards any yeah.
0: uh, you know it was yeah. just amazing. Wow, got quite a lot of audience questions for you. oh God we've got Millions. A, lot, a lot but, but, but we' we're, we're gonna do and they're quite they're quite quick. I've got
3: my shorts on by the way. <laughs> And you may notice that I've still got the leftover of fake tan. Was that from Hoopla? <laughs> it is from Hoopla because he had my legs on.
1: Knees are a bugger with fake tan.
3: Well, uh, do you know what? Because I, I, I don't fake tan head to toe. I just fake tan the bits I need. So I literally arms, <laughs> my cleavage and my
0: legs. Everything else <laughs> is white. <a point. laughs> brilliant oh well they're quite they're quite quick fire questions but before we do them i really wanted to ask you about your musical theatre background because i i love musical theatre and uh, and i kind of feel like a slight affinity with you for going back and training at a later stage because i went i went to drum i went to the royal welsh college to do oh, a wow. postgrad in uh, acting when i was 29 so i was like well yeah because h actually went you went to the royal academy of music didn't you to do musical theatre I
3: did so. Um, when I was ten, I did my first show with uh, a little company in the Rhondda Valley called Spotlight Theatre Company, and the first show I did was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I played the youngest brother, Benjamin. And I used to sit in the wings every night, and a guy called Mark was playing Joseph, and I would literally just like be in awe he'd be singing Close Every Door, and I'm just like dreaming one day. And then my dream came true. It all went full circle. And my first theater job in the West End was playing Joseph. (laughs) And I would always, at the top of the number, i close every door to me. I would literally think of me, 10 year old me going, wow. mind-blowing um so i did that job and even though i i had sung for many many years i wanted to gain respect from my peers my musical theater peers i wanted uh, casting directors directors to take me seriously so after my first theater job i decided to audition for the royal academy of music just so i could learn how to use my tools as an actor learn how to use my voice in a more effective way. And so I did that for a year yeah and uh, a postgraduate, which was do you know what it was it was tough because anything when you're older, you know that's harder right than any skill you're learning. So yeah so I went as a postgrad but not only as a postgrad, I'd just gone from filling arenas. Yeah. to I guess back to college every day you know jumping on the tube you know doing my warm-up putting my stuff in my little locker and a lot of people I guess respected me for doing that because I wanted to learn I was hungry I wanted to gain respect and when I finished my course that's exactly what happened you know I I got auditions I got meetings with people I never would have had uh, before because of that reason so for me it was you know
0: Ticked. brilliant yeah it's kind of well, it's very humble of you as well i think to have done that because i did i mean my i mean i was working as actor before i went to drama school but not quite on the same level as yeah as you say selling out arenas and until so you would played joseph in the west end and then you went back yes yeah, so that's incredible i think it's really um yeah and you know
3: and i lived Oh, my goodness me, it was my dream from day one to, you know, to do musical theatre and I did, I did some incredible jobs. Um, One of my favourites was, I did Fame in the West End. Oh, that was just joyous. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, I did Chitty Bang Bang, I did lots of plays. Um, I've had a wonderful, a very varied, colourful career. And it's something I would still love to do now. But, you know, I'm a dad and I can't go away for six months at a time I can't go on tour I didn't become a dad for other people to look after my children so I'm very fortunate that I have decided my children come first and I can dip in and out of steps so like I say I do the O2 arena one night and I do the school run the next morning (laughs) so that's that's my life
1: yeah that is brilliant that sounds like the best balanced life I, I know, actually. You're getting, to do, you're getting to be at home with your boys and then you're getting to do your work and and create something wonderful and bring joy into people's lives. It's great. Um, okay, so first question. Hayley, would you encourage your kids to go into showbiz?
3: I would um, love them to be happy and do whatever they want to do. Um, at the moment, they are... <laughs> Max wants to be uh, a professor he wants to be a scientist, and Cubby wants to be an inventor. So they're heading down that route at the moment, but it changes. Cubby wants to be a skateboarder the next day. So who knows?
0: <laughs> okay. I've got one from Sue Hawkins, Susan Hawkins. What is your favorite step song to sing?
3: Oh, wow. It's changed over the years. I love one for sorrow because that's old school. Uh, but you know what I love now, uh, there's a song that we've released recently called Take Me For A Ride. And I love that. I just love anything kind of with dark lyrics and an 80s synth sound. Give me me synth pop and I'm yours. Oh
0: yeah. And she also asks, do you have a least favorite? The one where you think, oh, do we really have to sing that again?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, and we've made, you know, no bones about it. We've always said that five, six, seven, eight is a little bit of a pebble in our shoe. Um, You know, we've always shied away from doing it, but I'm sure every artist has that song in their repertoire where they go, oh, Kylie probably thinks that about, I should be so lucky, you know, but we've learned to embrace it and and recognize that we wouldn't be where we are today without that song. So now we perform it and we don't shy away from it. We throw everything at it. You know, we have cowboy hats, (laughs) we have bales of hay, we have swing doors, we have (laughs) cowboys kissing. Oh, the, it's like, it's literally like a cowboy. It's a, it's a country and Western pantomime. <laughs>
2: you
1: embrace it wholeheartedly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, Alex said, if you could have another career, what would it be?
3: Uh, arts and design. So I have recently started to paint again. Many years ago, I went to art college. I was going to go on and do a degree, but I deferred and I never went back. Uh, but about uh, 10 years ago, I started to have my own exhibitions so i've had um lots of exhibitions in north wales but i've just started painting wow. again and i'd like to be there.
0: oh wow mm, very nice um, okay. okay i've got one it's a bit it's a bit of a silly one uh, liz stafford asks who would win in a fight who would win in a fight s club seven or steps
3: <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know actually because mm, there's seven yeah. of those <laughs> and plus. actually no there's not there's three of them now so... <laughs> <laughs> i've got liz
1: as well lizzie if you could do a duet with anyone who would it be
3: oh wow oh it's been on my bucket list for a long time i would love uh to do better the devil you know with oh. kylie it's out there i'm now. sure
1: kylie listens
0: so she's a big fan she's a big oh, fan. kylie I like that I'll text her. <laughs> text her, yeah. okay um eleanor asks are you a cat or a dog person i do you know what i have both um I have
3: uh, uh, so she oh she's beautiful. So my little cat's called Megan, and so she's called an exotic Persian. She's like Garfield, um, so we're like a squishy nose, Aww. and she's the most oh my goodness me laid back cat. My my boys literally pick her up by her head, and she doesn't even say it. Oh my goodness me, and I have uh, a Bichon who's now he's seventeen, bless him. Aww. My little Bichon, and he's been through the wars. He's he's he had cancer of the jaw. So he's got half a jaw, which means his tongue hangs out. And Aww. he makes a hell of a mess when he's eating and drinking. But you know what? He, he's still going strong. What's his name? So his I love him. His name is Dewi. Dewi. Oh.
1: Mm.
3: oh. Dewi, which basically means Dave in Welsh.
1: Oh, uh, Hazel, if you really want to dance hard at home on
3: your own, what music do you put on? Oh, my goodness. I love a bit of Gaga. I love oh. So the, her chromatic album got me through lockdown. So, you know, Rain On Me with Ariana Grande. Oh, my God, I just love that. Amazing. That'd be a
0: good duet with Steps, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Lady just? Gaga and Steps, that's yeah, much I made think, in heaven. Well, I mean, we're aiming high there,
3: so well, I don't know if she, know. She, she she doesn't know we exist. So. She also
0: <laughs> listens to this podcast, so you never know.
3: Um, <laughs> um, a lot of Gaga songs sound like Step songs, to be fair.
0: Yeah. Um, so who knows? Exactly. It could happen. Um, Eleanor also asked, have you got any hidden talents? Any hidden talents? Well, um, I guess we've
3: spoken about some of them. A-, a lot of people don't know that I paint, so I'm a landscape artist. Um, I'll send you some of my pictures. See what Oh, yeah, got-
1: do. I'd love to see them. I'd really love to see them. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Mary, when did you last really belly laugh and at what? Oh, you-
3: <laughs> I have such... An amazing time with Lisa Scott Lee. We have the most ridiculous relationship because we've known each other for 25 years. We know everything about each other. And we can just make a noise and laugh. We can literally look at each other and literally burst out crying. So, with Lisa, I, I mean, I have great fun with all of uh, the members of Steps, but Lisa and I have this really special bond. And it's really ridiculously silly. So, So, yeah. when Lisa and I get together, we belly laugh.
0: Aww. brilliant! So, th- this question is from Lucy Brown, and I have to tell you that she's a runner, and she runs marathons. And she says she always has at least three steps uh, tracks on her playlist as ah. she runs. And she said she actually did the London Marathon last year, and she was doing tragedy <laughs> as, as she was running. <laughs> and doing the London Marathon. I said I have to tell him that. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you know
3: what we just released? So we had the idea of actually getting every step song onto one track. So we've just released, and it's called the Platinum Mega Mix, and it's seven minutes long. So please tell her, put that on, and oh, it's it's a banger. It's
1: I've listened to it. I've listened to it, and it's brilliant.
3: Listen to it on YouTube, and it's so oh, good. It's that we did a condensed version on the Queen's Jubilee.
0: So that was yeah. Over. Oh, uh, oh, which was fantastic. Um, And and Lucy asked, who would play you in a film of your life? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my goodness me. Um, Somebody like
3: Jim Carrey, probably. (laughs) A bit (laughs) younger. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Um, Ali said, would you ever stand
3: as an MP? Absolutely not. (laughs)
1: Hellish, doesn't it? Jeez. I mean I often say what I would do, but I I wouldn't want to be up there getting in the phone. Well, though. I
3: mean, just tell the truth.
1: Yes, I know, It would be helpful. It's a good starting point. Yes,
3: isn't
1: it just? Um, what would your superpower be? says Louise.
3: I've got one. I'm a twin dad.
1: Yes, that yes that Good answer. Good answer. Very good.
0: Um Dan Mahari asked, if you weren't called H, what would you call be called? What would you want Gee. to be called? <laughs> <laughs> Gee. G. Yeah, like it. <laughs> Um,
3: or oh, oh, what about WTF?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim said, what is your favourite cheese?
3: My favourite
0: cheese? Oh, I like a stinky one. Give me a Ooh. rotten old st- Stilton. Catherine Moore asked, if you could be in any other pop group, past or present, which would it be? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um,
3: oh, let me think. I mean, I love ABBA songs. I mean, they're timeless, but I guess we are in a band that's very similar to a- to ABBA. <laughs> um, I love you know, when, when we were doing our thing in the early days, All Saints were just oh, yeah. super cool. You know, they mm-hmm. would just glide into a room and everybody just adored them. They were just effortlessly cool. So I, I love All Saints. I'm the wrong nice. gender, but I can wear a dress.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be, a, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes. And she also asked, what has been the most difficult dance routine to learn? Oh, wow. Um, there's a song that we did uh, years
3: ago called, You'll Be Sorry. Um, and we've just recently did uh, a little medley of uh, songs that with super hard dance routines. So I would say, You'll Be Sorry, After the Love's Gone is is quite hard. Mm. But there was a song that Claire and I did when we did our uh, solar project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called All Out Of Love. And that was the hardest. Gee was I mean, how how we did that, I have no idea.
1: Um, and uh, I've got I've got one that I think we should finish on, but can I ask you this? we I've just fallen out.
3: Of... No. <laughs> My seat is just broken. <laughs> My stool is just broken.
0: Oh no. <laughs>
2: Oh dear. Um, <laughs> are you okay? Hit the hole.
1: <laughs> um, uh, who is this? Who said, where is it? Oh, Ben, who is your guilty crush? My guilty crush.
3: Oh, there's nothing guilty about anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, God. enjoy it. Oh, let me, do you know what? Let me have, oh, do you know what? I don't know. I mean, I love, I love a footballer or a rugby player with great legs. Give me mm. a great pair of legs. Oh, let me think. I love a bit of, what's the actor that plays Thor? What's his name? Chris. Oh, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah, yes. that's a good shout. Good you
1: shout. Good and Haley said, "What is your motto for life?" My motto: um,
3: one day at a time
1: that's a great motto we i think we're gonna to have to wrap it up because we're at time i could talk to you for hours there oh. are so many things i want to ask you but oh my god i'm so grateful that you've come on the podcast you are such a delight and you're everything i hoped you'd be and more yes. you're so lovely it's so wonderful so to, to speak to
0: you and hear you oh. you know you've just well, i thought you were doing it. tragedy
3: then <laughs>
0: <laughs> on my sinking chair Thank you. Brilliant. Um, yeah, thank, uh, just thank you for giving up your time because we yeah. you know you're so busy and uh, we know you did Hoopla at the weekend and, you know, you've yeah. got two children. You're very, and God, very welcome, you know.
2: honestly. Tragedy, when the feeling's gone and it can go on. So for this
1: final episode of season two, our audience question was, what are your happiest memories from the 90s? And we had some great answers. Um, Sue, you go first.
0: I will go first with the lovely Jo on Twitter who said that her happiest memory from the 90s was being the family of the week on Big Breakfast just before Christmas 1999, herself and her three children. Wow. How cool is that? That is so cool. I mean, what? That is... That is proper fame. Who gets
1: to do stuff like that? That's like that's that's like an urban legend. Being the family of the week on
0: the, on Big on Breakfast. Big Breakfast. And so this cool. was with, with Johnny Vaughan, Lisa Tarbuck. Oh, I love I love Lisa Tarbuck. And uh, and you, they were on every day, weren't they? They were on every morning for five days. And I, I did ask Jo if she's got a video of it, and she said she's only got two mornings worth. But still, that's still good. And she also sent a lovely picture of herself and her three lovely kids and uh, and the two hosts. And it's so nineties. I mean Lisa wow. Tarbuck's got some amazing she's got dark hair with these amazing tiger streaks in it. Oh. It's so <laughs> I'd about it's that. so All Saints. It's just it's just there. And Johnny's got quite a strange, spiky sort of haircut. But they're so young. But Joe, so cool. Joe looking lovely as well. Um yeah it's just so great i'm quite jealous to be honest yeah me too
1: and i definitely
0: had that kind
1: of hairstyle i i went in and asked for rachel and yet my hair is practically black and they dyed it and they put loads of coppers and streaks through it it wasn't a good look for me i, I looked i looked horrendous <laughs> did, you, did you like it at the time no not really oh. i got home and my dad went what have you done to your hair and then i grew it out and um and i got cast as a lot of criminals around that time like in the bill and stuff like that oh, well it was worth was... it then Jet black and then different colours. And um, and then when I cut it out, everyone thought I dyed my hair very dark. And I was like, no, 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 this is just the colour of my hair. But no, no one believed me. But it, but it, <laughs> but it was. Oh, it was, I promise. Um, Thermal Satsuma um, said, My favourite memory from the 90s was holding my baby daughter for the first time, listening to Aztec camera on the hospital radio and marvelling at how tiny and perfect she was.
2: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: That's so sweet. I'm picturing Del Boy stood by the window with his little boy Damien, telling him, "This time next year, we're going to be more units."
0: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and that reminds me of when I went in to give birth to my first child, um, and in the birthing suite, the radio was on, and from out of the radio was coming the sounds of Salt and Pepper singing, "Ah, push it." i mean you couldn't make it up could you I, I did ask them to turn it off immediately because i i didn't want any sound at all um yes but i i did laugh before i asked yes. them to turn it off i mean they hadn't planned it It was literally on the radio it was complete coincidence oh my god So
1: brilliant oh, that's fantastic oh. <laughs> then we've got uh tingly who said, mixtapes, making them, gifting them, receiving them, playing them, using a pencil to wind them when the reel gets loose. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Tricks of the trade. Yeah, every Sunday, hitting record at the right time to take Bruno Brooks out of the equation so that you didn't hear him speak. <laughs> and then even now I hear certain songs, so... Annie Lennox, Come Into These Arms Again, the one from um, Interview with the Vampire, in my head, always goes into Nirvana
0: because that's how I recorded it. Yes. Weird, and, isn't and it? all albums, albums you know really well, you always know the next song, don't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. You can always start singing the next track. For, for years and years afterwards, there is something weird about music in that way. It's wonderful. That we remember music. I must go into a sort of special compartment in your brain that stores things better than any other part. Yes,
1: or without doubt. If I could if I could have done my GCSEs with everything put to song, I'd have absolutely
0: smashed them all. <laughs> that is such a good idea. You can make a lot of money. Yes, definitely. GCSE science.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to the tune of Dua Leaper, <laughs> Levitate.
0: To <the> tune of... <laughs> Oh, I've got Siobhan here who says that her happiest memories were of Dingle, which is in Kerry in Ireland, summers, boozing and beaches and bollocky work. (laughs) I'm still not clear what bollocky work is, um, but just probably nine to five. Nine to five. um, Dull, but kind of fun. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hayley Panayi said, early 90s, Saturdays with my best friends, catching the train to local town for the hippie Grebo shops and the charity shops. Grebo, that's a word I haven't heard for a while. i never
0: heard that word.
1: Um, trying to find the best velvet jacket, long skirt, satchel or cherry docks. Yes. And then the mid 90s, driving around with my mates and classics,
0: blasting out Fatboy Slim, Alanis Morissette and Nirvana. Yes, well there's another bombing around in cars one here from from Elizabeth Stafford who says she remembers bombing around in Lucy Greenwood's yellow mini singing Spice Girls at the top of our lungs. Aww. Um and I have to say I remember that too Liz. Um just just the freedom isn't it? The freedom of the time. Yeah. And you just yeah. oh when you're young and you just can I mean yeah. I still do sing very loudly. But there's some there's the, the that's um decadence of youth. Yeah. No
1: responsibility yeah. your life stretching out ahead of you yeah very few decisions made um mark uh, said the 90s range from being in the park on my bike with any and all friends turning up to finally being able to go to the station which was the pub and everyone in the year trying to squeeze into the booth where you had no leg room drank terrible lager and laughed your ass off then someone giving you the house signal brackets esther should remember yes i went to school with mark and mark i know exactly what he means there was the nightclub up the road called the picture house and if somebody did the house symbol you know it was a mass exodus and many a raucous night was had in the in the picture house (laughs) yes many many fun times
0: um jen McKenna says where to begin jumping up and down to Britpop." yes yeah, i think that's a good place to begin jen <laughs> she's definitely talking your language yeah, i think that's where, where, where i'll end as well i think i'm gonna have have blur at my funeral <laughs> <laughs> uh, francis peel said um orange everyday 50 contracts chatting to your friends on the phone for 50 minutes every single day even though we'd spent the whole day at school together yes yes
1: um, Andrew Lewis said, being at uni in Bristol, laughing every day and having so much fun. Brackets apart from the actual doing of uni work, it's where I met Hayes, which then led on to Hales and then Mel and Esther. What could be happier than that? And when he says Esther, he does mean me. and um, which is no. lovely. There's a little gang of five of us: um, Haley, Hazel, Mel, and Andy. So yes, they're lovely, lovely friends.
0: Well, I've got one here from Emma Hastings, who says her happiest memory of the 90s was. Living with me, <laughs> so I'm sorry that not everyone can uh, can share that no, that happy memory. Good. Yes, um, but <laughs> Emma, Emma, myself, and Becky Owen, who is a fantastic singer songwriter, check out her music. lived together in the third year at Newcastle University, and we did have a lot of laughs. Wow! Yes, it's just oh, it's
1: just so nice to think back to being young, yeah, and carefree. Yeah, the world at your feet
0: still is. Yes, absolutely. So, I'm going to find a yellow mini. And wind the windows down and blast out the Spice Girls at the top of my voice. Yes. That's what I'm going to do this afternoon. And I'll come and move in with you. Yeah, do that. Yeah, we're sorted. Cool. We're reliving the 90s right now. Woohoo! Backstreets back, all right. Esther, this is a very exciting moment. It certainly is, Susan. This is the moment we announce the winner of the inaugural Limited Time Only Audience Award. Whoop! So it's going to the person who has sent us the best stories across the whole season in response to the audience questions. It's a beautiful trophy. It's gold. It's pink. It's got our faces on it. (laughs) It's coming the way of this person. Esther, would you announce the winner? The winner is... Mr. Neil Hopkins, A.K.A. at Thermal Satsuma. Well done. Well done, Neil. Woo-hoo! And thank you, Neil, for sending fantastic answers to all of our questions with a mix of funny, informative, and moving stories absolutely i mean it was it was a close race it was a close run thing we've had lots of fantastic responses to the audience questions this season and we're looking forward to hearing from you all again next season and maybe
1: we can send some badges out to the runners up maybe yes so neil if you get in touch with us and give us your address and we can send it over to you well done
2: congratulations Woohoo. you have been listening to the final episode of season two limited time only Thank you so much for
0: listening. We really appreciate all the support over this season. It's been great getting to know some more of our listeners this time around. And we really hope we've put a smile on your face and given you a boost. Season three is shaping up very nicely, so we hope we'll see you there. Have a wonderful summer.
2: If you've enjoyed listening to Limited Time Only, you might want to help us make season three. We've got a PayPal button on our website. Any contribution would be very welcome. I promise it will go towards making limited time only, not buying me sweets. We'll be back for more next time. But But for now... Swing those pants! Mum, does this mean I can have some sweets? I'm not getting paid for this, you know.